What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, aka the Power Ranking Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined with the wonderful, knowledgeable, charming, charismatic kind of synonyms. There you go. And very orange tan today. At Marcus underscore Mosher, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing well. I thought you were going to make like a joke about me not wearing black and wearing a polo because of you know my tea time that I have right after this podcast. But no, it's it's okay. It's nice to see is you. It, is it golf or your sunless tanner that's making you look so? <laughs> no, it's just it's it's being out in the sun every day. It's all it yeah. is. You look like someone who's relatively famous and has been in the news a lot lately. Um, but you know, I, I, I'll never mind. Who, <laughs> <who's David? laughs> You look like Jack Del Rio. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. So we are we off to are, a hot start already. Yeah, we are here. Uh, um, what expressing our First Amendment rights to have a podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah. Talk about talk about football. And uh, I showed up extra pale in honor of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I want to look like Johnny Depp in the chocolate, whatever Willy Wonka movie. He was like goth in that movie. Do you see that one? I did. It was great. That was a Tim Burton movie. Have you seen the original? Of course, like a million times. Oh, a million times. Okay, you're so cool. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a very good movie. Although I have a lot of questions about the ending. Did Does Charlie just have to pick up all the like lawsuits that are going on because of all the kids that just died in the chocolate factory? Or how does that play out? I don't know. I never really thought of that. Did you ever see Young Frankenstein? It came out a couple years after that. Yes, yes. With Igor? Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's pretty good so anyway we are uh yeah we're here we're ready to talk football we're ready to talk baker mayfield not really not too much but we'll at least mention it i guess uh just a couple of news items before we get into what we're going to get in today which i should tell you what we're going to get in today is kind of cool it's a little bit topical not not a lot topical because we're a little early Mm -hmm. uh so we'll get to that in a second but you know on tuesdays we do every single team in the league so i can promise you that we're going to talk about your team today uh real quick uh there was baker minnesota rumors i don't know how that could possibly be that's not great kirk cousins it's not right and then uh baker to carolina which seems a lot more um uh, believable palatable but is this I don't want to say it's a Sam Darnold 2.0 because Baker has had more success than Sam Darnold sure. has on the field. But uh, if you're the Panthers, do you make this move? What's the point, right? I, to me, I, I I don't really understand. I We've been hearing these rumors for the last, I don't know, two, three months now. And I do think this is where Baker ultimately ends up. It's just they're haggling over how much of the salary does Cleveland eat? What's the compensation? But if you're Carolina... Why? Well, I mean, you're not making the playoffs with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. He's not the long-term answer either. He's on a one-year deal. Why not just roll Sam Darnold? And if Darnold's not it, play the rookie that you drafted, Matt Corral, in the third round. I So I like that last point right there. Um, I've always been a big proponent of that. When I was in NFL Network, I used to ask Charlie Casterly. I used to talk to Mike Lombardi when he was there about these kinds of things. These were our, you know, kind of our front office people. I talked to Daniel Jeremiah about it because he worked in personnel departments. And I always used to say, like, what's the point? Okay, we can agree that a top 100 player in the college draft is a pretty good prospect, right? Mm -hmm. I know top 50 is a little better, but top 100, 
good chance that player is going to be a contributor for contributor for you, if not a starter. Yes. Okay. Um, why spend a top 100 pick on a guy if you're not going to give him a chance? I mean, if you're just going to sit there and give him 10% of practice reps, because that's what happens. Teams don't 50-50 it anymore. They don't. They want their starter to be totally prepared, especially with limited practice time now. Uh, a lot of Thursday games. You have short weeks. Mm -hmm. Backup quarterbacks don't get the reps they used to. What's the point? Why, why not just draft somebody in the seventh round and call it a day? I mean, in the, the case for Carolina, you need to find out sooner rather than, late, than later what you have in Matt Corral, too. Like the most valuable thing in the NFL you can have is a good quarterback on a rookie contract. But if we get to year three and Matt Corral hasn't played yet, what are we doing? I, I, I just I don't understand the the interest for Baker Mayfield in Carolina other than I think Matt Rule's hoping that he's 2% better than Sam Darnold to potentially save his job, which he won't do. Uh, I think the second best uh, thing you can have in the NFL, you know what it is? A good pass rusher. Good intel. And you can't have intel unless you see somebody play in practice. You know, seeing them go through a few seven-on-seven -seven drills and having film sessions is not going to tell you diddly-poo. So uh, don't draft a quarterback in the third round if he's just going to rot on your bench. It makes no sense. It's dumb. I, I, I was trying to segue to a different topic, not Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So Robert <laughs> Quinn, uh, you were saying right before we got online that he's seeking a trade. Uh, I've said this a couple times on the podcast, but it's worth reiterating, especially if you guys have not um, listened to us before, not since the football season. Robert Quinn had one of the best years in the NFL <laughs> this year. Complete. I don't. Did anybody have as good a year, Robert Quinn, Marcus, that went as far under the radar? No, I, I think he was one of the most underrated players in the NFL, and he's been really good over the last five years. He's played 14 games all five of those years, or for at least 14 games a season, 47 sacks for four different teams, and his contract is very reasonable. He's got cap numbers of 12, 13, and 12 over the next three years, so... I understand why the Bears want to trade him because they are in a complete rebuild. He's a 32-year-old pass rusher. You might as well get some value out of him now, get some cap relief. But, man, I think there's four, five, six teams that should be lining up right now to trade for Robert Quinn. Yeah, speaking of, we're going to get to him uh, mm -hmm. on, on our topic for today. Uh, yes, we're aware the Jack Del Rio news has kind of dominated the NFL for the last week. Uh, I'll just say this, that that coaches are loath. If there's one thing that coaches can't stand, put all your, especially all you that are out there defending Jack Del Rio for his comments or whatever, just consider one thing here. Um, it doesn't matter who the player is. Coaches cannot stand distractions. Yes. Period. Yep. And this I know this is a lot more about a lot of other things, but just taking the football sense and what I know, having worked with coaches, talked to coaches, studied the history of NFL coaches. Is there anything, Marcus, that coaches hate more than distractions? Maybe not having a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, the, the last thing they want is their defensive coordinate, coordinator making national news, right? Yes. Especially for that franchise that has been in the news cycle far too often over the last year. I, I understand why Ron Rivera was upset. Yeah, uh, he's kind of an old school guy. Marcus and I talked about this on the phone the other night, and uh, this is not a political podcast. So this is really just the point of <clears throat> whether you agree with it or not, it was a distraction. And I mean, there, there have been NFL players that have been really good players that coaches just couldn't wait to get rid of for this, extreme, for this very reason. And I don't know that Jack Del Rio has the kind of pedigree 
Um, you know, I'm not saying he's been a bad defensive coordinator. I, I'm just saying uh, this is not um, Monty Kiffin, Jim Johnson, Dick LeBeau sure. kind of guy. So I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I imagine this is done, uh, but th- just keep that in mind because, uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll say this, coaches are d- just absolutely ridiculous about it sometimes too. I mean, they are so maniacal about making sure that everything is on schedule and all that stuff. It, it really would. I could tell you guys stories from NFL history that you would just shake your head about how paranoid coaches were too, thinking there's dudes up in the trees with mm-hmm. binoculars and anything that would get in their mind. So uh, that's pretty much the news. If I miss anything, Jack Del Rio, Robert Quinn, uh, Baker Mayfield. No, I think you got it all. I think we're good. Yeah. Although, you know what? I will say this because we talked about it the other night. Uh, you know, getting Chase Young back, uh, Del Rio, I think his defense is going to have a better year this year. I really do. Uh, they may not win the NFC East, but I don't think Washington's going to be a pushover team. I'm still sticking with Philadelphia winning the division, though. Okay. It's fine. You'll be wrong, but it's fine. I'll be wrong. Will it's Washington fine. have the best defense in the division this year? No, I think it's going to be Dallas. I think it's going to be Dallas. Okay, yeah. we'll see. And it could be Philly. Uh, I think the only one not in the running for that are the right. New York Giants, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's all the news. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today. We mentioned, we teased a little bit with Robert Quinn. Uh, he's a perfect example of what we're about to do. So we like to do something that, that covers all 32 teams on Tuesday. And the Hall of Fame's coming up. And I want to do a couple of Hall of Fame podcasts. This one's a little early as we're you know in mid-June here. Can you believe it's mid-June, dude, of 2022? Like, that just dawned on me. I know. We got, like, what, NFL football in, like, six weeks, the Hall of Fame game? It's kind of crazy. It's crazy. Okay. So, uh, we thought we would take every active player uh, or or person, anybody affiliated with an organization, um, and give each team's best hall of fame candidate among guys that are active now the only like little stipulation to this is we've got some guys like justin houston who are on the street who have really good uh credentials um i almost said who've got good street cred get it (laughs) yeah sorry Uh, i know i need help um guys like that we're just gonna attach those to the last team they played for Mm -hmm. uh since they're they're not signed with the team and I use Justin Houston as an example because that guy's got great uh, career statistics. I don't know that he makes the Hall of Fame, but but uh, he's certainly going to have Hall to of Very some, Good, right? Yeah, Hall of Very Good, exactly. So we had some teams that, oh, my gosh, you want to talk about a stretch? You know, we're discussing Sam Darnold for the Hall. Uh, so uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's not that fun. bad in Carolina, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. So Marcus, uh, I did all the power rankings during the season. Marcus has done almost all of them in the off season. Last week we did a joint one. This one is also joint. We, these are ones that we agreed are the best. So I'm not going to be telling him his list sucks. So that's good. Uh, and let's get to start off Marcus. What do we got with Arizona? Uh, I think Arizona is pretty easy. It's JJ Watt. Although you can make a case for AJ green, AJ green had six straight pro bowl appearances to start his career. But it's J.J. Watt, well, one of the best, I don't know, I think 10 defensive players of all time, absolutely dominant, multiple MVP seasons, pretty easy. I think Cliff Kingsbury, college and pro football Hall of Fame. Okay, sure. <laughs> I just love how everyone bails on Cliff Kingsbury. There, All these articles come out when they're like 10 and 1 or whatever, and then everyone bails. It's uh, 
it's one of the more entertaining things of the season. It's like you walking around with your little radio. Uh, when <laughs> you love this loose. story, by the way, that's like your favorite story of mine. Like it Monday is. morning, uh, that and you going in and out on Ravens culture. But we're about <laughs> to get to a team you're always out on their culture. Not yet, though. First, before that team are the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, it's Cordero Patterson, the greatest kick returner in NFL history. It's pretty tough to pick anybody else because this is a super, super young team. Uh, but I think Patterson does ultimately get in. He's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but eventually when you've got his kind of career, he's starting to put together some nice seasons as a running back. I think he gets in. Put his Pull his stats up. Come on. I know you love. Listen, if there's one thing Marcus Mosher loves. He loves him some Cordero Patterson. And I, I'm going to agree with my colleague here on something, that if you're the best at what you do in NFL history, mm-hmm. You probably deserve a Hall of Fame nod because we did it for kicker. We did it for punter. And you might say, well, yeah, but that's kicker and punter. Hey, you know, kick returning still has some place in the game, especially before they changed the rules. Um, Cordero Patterson may be the best kick returner to ever play in the NFL. Kickoff returner. Here's what I got for the Cordero Patterson stat, right? This is my case for him. Uh, since the merger, there have been only six seasons in which a returner has averaged 30 or more yards, mm-hmm. uh, having at least 20 returns. Cordero Patterson has three of those six seasons. He's just the most dynamic guy that we've seen. He's got eight return touchdowns. Uh, he's a huge weapon. His career average is 29.4 yards That's per return. That's absurd. Unbelievable. Absurd. That's unbelievable. So, you know, I came up in the 80s NFL and then, you know, you know, the 90s, I really knew what was going on strategically, uh, you know, and I got into the business in the early 2000s. And I can tell you all throughout that time, um, you know, if you average 25 yards a kick returner, you were a darn good kick returner. Oh like yeah, you you were you were one of the best in the league. To average for your career, twenty nine point eight would be like a quarterback, you know, career passer rating being what Marcus about one hundred and nineteen. And Marcus froze. So apparently, I so stunned him with my great Cordero Patterson. Uh, discussion there he is he, he looks good he, you look good okay so i'm gonna go ahead and move us along because I, I think marcus's wi-fi is is uh kaputting on us the uh carolina panthers are who we have uh, next and you know the funny thing with carolina is there really isn't anybody <laughs> we discussed uh a few players and it was really hard to come there you are I'm back. I'm back. So yeah. I was I was in the middle of a Dante Hall uh, rant, and they YouTube must have just kicked me off. They they didn't want me to hear any more of this. That's funny. I was I was trying to do Carolina, and I was so thinking of the fact that you are always out on their culture that I could not remember who we picked for Carolina. I'm not Christian kidding. I'm sitting there like it's Christian spacing. McCaffrey. Yeah, we we discussed uh, a, a couple guys that just didn't have a chance. Period. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is nobody. No. Who who could you possibly throw out there? It's got to be Christian McCaffrey, right? He's the yeah, only one. Nobody. Yeah. The thing is, Christian McCaffrey's probably not going to make the Hall no. of Fame. No. But I, I will say that, you know, he was on a pace to where you would have to look at just his overall passing game and running game numbers. But 
when you can't stay on the field, he's had a lot of problems, had the hamstring injury last year uh, against Houston, I think, on Thursday night football. Yeah. He missed a bunch of time, yeah. and it's just been one of those deals for him. But he's a young enough dude, Marcus. If he gets back on the field, if he comes back this year and runs for, say, 1,200 yards and catches 100 balls, you know, Why not? you got to think about it because yeah. he may end up with the most catches of any running back in league history. He is at you know almost seven thousand career yards. He probably needs to get to what thirteen, fourteen thousand yards to have some consideration. I would say fifteen at least. Yeah, I mean, so about purpose, all purpose yards. He needs to no, get fifteen. I, I just yards from scrimmage. Yeah, excuse me. Well, even yards for scrimmage, he still needs to be at fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So he he's twenty six years old. He needs to he needs to do this for four, five, six more years to even have a chance at making the hall. If you look at a guy like Ricky Waters, uh, you know, Ricky Waters has a ton of all purpose yards. He can't he can't get the Hall of Fame. Uh, O.J. Anderson. I mean, you've got to have 15 because there are guys that have 12,000 rushing yards alone that are not in the Hall of Fame. Although, who knows? Maybe he'll get in over a pass rusher that has a Super Bowl and like 150 career sacks. But I I don't know. A little bitter. Peppers. I'm a little bitter still, Elliot. That's all. Yeah, Julius Peppers. I agree. Julius Peppers, Hall of Fame career. Uh, he doesn't have a ring, though. So, it's, played, it's played, played the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, can right. we talk about Robert Quinn and the yeah, Bears? Yeah, he's our Chicago Bear nominee. Uh, I think this one's easy. Um, we were talking about him the other night, and I said, gosh, Marcus, he's going to be getting pretty close to 100 sacks. And you looked it up. He has over 100 sacks uh, already, mm-hmm. and he's still going strong. I think he had 18 last year um mm-hmm. dude you know even if he has 12 this year what's he going to be at like 115 career sacks something like that yeah uh, and, and i think there's a chance that he gets traded to a team that puts him in a great so- spot like what if the ravens trade for him and he's playing opposite of adafi owe and he's that right defensive end just kind of screaming off the edge i i, I could see a world in which robert quinn has 35 sacks over the next three years. And at that point, it's really hard to not put him in the hall. Yes. And let me tell you, voters love sacks. Yes, very, I know. very much. So except for DeMarcus Ware. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of uh the Dallas Cowboys, we can't use DeMarcus Ware for the Cowboys because we're only talking active players. I think this one is actually pretty easy, but when the one we said on the phone, I think is wrong. When we talked about it on the phone, we said Zach Martin. Mm -hmm. I think it's Tyron Smith uh, because Zach Martin, if he retired tomorrow, would only have eight years in the league. Probably would still make it. Probably. But I think Tyron Smith is making it anyway. Mm. See, I think Zach Martin's the the easier case to make. Five All-Pros. He was on the All-Decade team. Seven Pro Bowls. He's basically been a lock to make the Pro Bowl every year that he's been there. I, I think he's been the best guard over the last decade. Yeah. I, I'm not arguing against. So I was just saying, if he retired tomorrow, yes. is he I still think, a shoe in? Probably, yes. Yes. probably. But Tyron Smith, I know, is a shoe in if he retired and retired tomorrow. There's no way Tyron Smith cannot be a Hall of Fame player. So I'm not being a homer. Why are you? Why are you rolling your eyes? Yeah, you I just, I, 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 I don't disagree. But if Demarcus Ware didn't make it, I can't say that Tyron's a lock. But whatever, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I don't think DeMarcus Ware is better than Tyron Smith. I don't think Tyron Smith is better than DeMarcus Ware, but we get annoyed with the holding calls and stuff, but that's a good discussion for another. That's for Locked On Cowboys. Yeah. Enough with you already, okay? 
Where's Landon? Tell him to do his job. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's go. uh, (laughs) Just kidding, Landon. Uh, Let's go to Detroit Lions. This is another really, really tough one, man. This is a super, super young team. We had to go with Frank Ragnow, their their center, who has been very, very good over the last uh, six, seven years. I don't know if he's a top two or top three center in the league, but he's the only one that's got a lot of credentials and that's got the resume. And we'll see if he has, like, let's say he plays eight more years and he just has all these Pro Bowl appearances, all these games started. Why not? It's, it's possible. There have been a lot of centers that have played at a high level late into their career. Uh, Alex Mack, recently retired, comes to mind. Kevin mm-hmm. Lawai, uh comes to mind. I can go down the line in NFL history. There have been centers that have played 15 years in the league at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't put Frank Ragnow in the Hall of Fame, but it's the best. It's the best we it's got. Best we could do. Sorry. All right. Green Bay Packers, you threw out Devontae Adams uh, for the Raiders. And this is what I think is, I know you're giving me this look. This is what I think is interesting about that because Aaron Rodgers is the easy one here. Mm-hmm. When you think of Aaron Rodgers being a hall of famer, do the other guys that like Devonte Adams, like Donald driver or whatever, would they be hall of famers on their own? Such a tough question, right? I know, but what are we going to do? Talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, who's, the, who's the next best guy other than Rodgers that has a chance. Bakhtiari, I don't think he's probably played enough games. Uh, tacos. Uh, it's, it's, Honestly, it, it's a pretty young team as well. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I would go Bakhtiari. I mean, the yeah. only other – now, I don't think Mason Crosby. He, Mason Crosby's been really good for a long time. He has. But uh, Bakhtiari would probably be the best. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I don't think there's anybody on their defense that has a great resume yet, right? I no. mean, Preston Smith is a very good player, but he's yeah. not he's not even a Pro Bowl player most years. So, yeah, I think it's probably Bakhtiari. Um, but there you go. So we managed it to go the whole time without talking about Aaron Rodgers. It's perfect. I just was trying to find something, and you just looked at me weird. So, uh, okay, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this has got to be Aaron Donald. There's, there's what, what are you going to do? You know, I <laughs> mean. How many another one is super easy. How many players that are currently on the Rams roster would you say make the Hall of Fame? Ramsey? Probably Ram. The, the, there's no one I can guarantee. No one. I would say the, the one that's the closest now, right now, would be Sean McVay, actually, uh, because he coached them to a Super Bowl and he won a Super Bowl. And people, voters will look at the fact they were awful with Jeff Fisher and made the playoffs the next year with McVay. They were one and done, but they still made the playoffs. Um, After McVay, I would say Stafford's. I would say Stafford's getting in. I know that you don't agree, but he's. I don't think Stafford's getting in. I I mean, if Stafford has a great year this year and he wins another Super Bowl, then I would say maybe. But come on, is Matt Stafford? I I love Matt Stafford. I've I've always defended him as career. Matt Stafford's not. when was Matt? When was Matt Stafford ever a guy that you said, "Oh man, that is the top quarterback in the NFL I, or I, top three? I I, I don't disagree, but when you have fifty thousand passing yards and you're going to add to it, and you've got a Super Bowl win, you're going to get in. I, it's it, you are. Um, but other than Stafford, I think Bobby Wagner makes it. Aaron Donald, obviously. Oh, you know what? You know what? Cookies. 
take Jalen out. I forgot about signing Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner would be actually Bobby Wagner would be, I'd put over McVeigh at this point. Okay. I put Wagner over Ramsey and McVeigh. I totally forgot about him. I think Bobby Wagner moonwalks into the hall of fame. I think Bobby Wagner could retire tomorrow and make the hall of fame right now with his credentials right now. It's a lot of, future hall of famers on this team i'm just telling yeah. you when yeah we even this- mentioned uh andrew whitworth who i don't think's gonna make it but i think he's gonna get discussed uh he, he sure. just retired so um, when we're doing this podcast 20 years from now i'm gonna tell you that we're right on matt stafford but that's that's for down the road i mean dude have you ever thought matt stafford was a top it's, five it doesn't work it doesn't necessarily work that way we know that all right, well, we can get Frank Gore, you know. Uh, Eli, I'm telling you, Eli Manning is getting into the Hall of Fame, and he uh, is a much lesser quarterback. Than re- I will resign if they – well, I, I'm not – I mean, I'm not – actually, I'm not doing anything for the Hall right now. But if I am, if I was, I would deliberately walk out and not do it. Okay. I, I would say, guys, sorry, you lost me here. Uh, okay. Next team, Minnesota so would re- That's always a good threat. Hey, if I had a job there, I would resign. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota – um, you know, Percy Arvin. No, we can't do Percy for every Vikings thing. <laughs> okay. So who, let's, let's talk about who's, who's in the discussion because we've got one guy, we'll just say it's Patrick Peterson's who mm-hmm. we have. Um, but Patrick Peterson, you don't really know as a Viking, but he's on the team. Obviously his hall of fame days were not with Minnesota. That's the obvious answer. Who else would have a chance? I think Adam Thielen would have a small, small chance. Yeah. Hey, hey, man, if you're going to talk about compiling, you know, with Matt Stafford, then, then, you know, what if Adam Thielen plays until he's 37 years the, old? The, the problem with Thielen is he didn't get a start early in his career, right? He didn't break out until it was like his fourth or fifth year in the NFL. So he's just not going to have the raw numbers that other receivers are going to have, right? All right. Um, uh, Daniel Hunter? He's missed too much time. I think like Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith have better cases yeah. than Daniel Hunter. I think Harrison Smith, I thought, was a really good player early in his career. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame player. Neither do I, just to be fair. There are other safeties far more deserving. But how many safeties have had, in recent vintage, have had the breadth of his career at playing at a decent level like he has? Very, very few. That's why it's tough. Yeah. Uh, But we we think it's Patrick Peterson. I didn't mention Dalvin Cook, did we? But uh, he's missed a lot of time Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara would be one missed a lot of time. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be him either. Uh, nope. Tyron Matthew. Uh, I know he's an, a new addition to the Saints, but you're a three-time All-Pro selection. You're on the All-Decade team for the 2010s, and you won a Super Bowl, and you've got all the turnovers on your resume. You know He's got 26 interceptions, a bunch of forced fumbles. Um, I don't know if he gets in, but I think he definitely has the best case. I think there are a couple of Saints. Uh, well, Teron Armstead is now with Miami, but I think mm-hmm. that's somebody that's had a good career that will warrant discussion. Um, I, I, look, you're going to have to talk Cam Jordan. I mean, I think he will come yeah. up. Uh, but, but uh, again, I'm not in that room right now, so I don't right know, know what the tenor is there. But uh, I'll tell you, a guy, real quick, if he plays a, a few more years like he has the last four or five, I mean, Demario Davis, dude. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He's so a good. player. Uh, I would be all for that, but I think you've got the right answer here. So I think we you know, should go to the Giants. You know who has a underrated case to make it? I, he won't just because of the way his career has gone. But Jarvis Landry has six Ian Pro Hook. Bowls already. You hate Jarvis Landry. 
No, I don't hate Jarvis Landry. When I, I just said Jarvis Landry would be nice to the Saints, you're like, no, no. Well, because I think I think his body is so beat up. He's but I'm cooked. saying he's cooked. You, <laughs> to the New York Giants. <laughs> How would you like it if someone said you were cooked? Oh, that's fine. They'd probably be right. I'm old well, now. <laughs> they look at your face today. Yeah. Uh, I'm old. Go play golf. Go play Sorry. golf. All right, New York Giants. Uh, I threw out Leonard Williams, and you said no. And then you started going down the the possibilities. It's rough. It's really, really rough. Uh, Dory Jackson. <laughs> I you, you're taking a, a sip of your drink, so you don't have to explain why Leonard Williams should make the Hall of Fame. But he's just the best player on a really bad team. So that's it. He's been a really good, consistent player. When he come in the league in 15, I'm trying to remember Leonard Williams' first year. Yes, 2015. Yeah. He's been a really good player for seven years. Um, I mean, you know, if, he, if he's one of those guys that plays into late in his career, he's, he may end up being kind of an Andrew Whitworth type sure. guy. I could see him having a long career like that. You know who his career actually reminds me a little bit of? Who? Cam Hayward, Hayward with the Steelers. Where Cam Hayward was a good player the first mm-hmm four or five years of his career, but really didn't become an all player until he turned like 27, 28. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard Williams has a similar career path. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, let's go Philadelphia Eagles here. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have a couple of players uh, that are worth discussing. Um, I think one of them, this one's tough. This one's yeah. really tough for me. Uh, it came down basically between Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey. And I was shocked when Marcus told me how many first team all pros Jason Kelsey has because Marcus looks everything up. Mm-hmm. I was I like to what was it like podcast? Four? He's got four all pro selections, five Pro Bowl selections. He was a Super Bowl champion. He had a great uh speech at the uh the parade, which that's gonna be remembered forever. Uh yeah, I think Jason Kelsey 159 career starts. Pretty good. I heard the the shot across the bow there. I think our listeners heard it too, but I do work for the podcast. I could name every season the Eagles have ever made the playoffs right now from memory. So that's all I have for you. I'm not going to even defend Fletcher Cox. I'm so angry about that. That's fine. Fletcher Cox though, man. (laughs) is a very good player, man. Another really good player for a long time. Uh, I will always remember the 2014 Thanksgiving game. They started Mark Sanchez mm-hmm. against Dallas. Dallas inexplicably wore their Navy blues at home for Thanksgiving. I hate it when they do that. And uh, it's just dumb. It's so dumb. It looks it's so just great. To sell jerseys. It, no, but it looks great. I love it. It's just a dumb ploy to sell jerseys. Zach Martin got destroyed in that game. Yeah, Every Cowboys lineman got destroyed. Fletcher Cox dominated the whole game. He's not that kind of player anymore. But key, key piece of their Super Bowl team, um, I would be fine with either one of these guys, but we went with Kelsey. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers. We hemmed and hawed about a bunch of guys, and then all of a sudden, Marcus just remembered that Trent Williams played on the 49ers, the highest-graded player in pro football last year at left tackle. I mean, great career with Washington. I think he gets in. I think Tyron Smith gets in the Hall of Fame. Probably their contemporary Jason Peters is going to make it, too. Um Best, best left tackle in the NFL since the start of the 2010s. I, 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 and I don't even think it's all that close. Like I love Tyron Smith. Trent Williams is just better. And he's been more durable. So I think this is a pretty easy case. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, you may not be into PFF pro football focus who grades players. Um, you know, that's fine. There's a, obviously a degree of uh, human error in that, but Trent Williams was the highest graded player in the NFL last year, irrespective of uh, position, by the way, irrespective is a word irregardless is not. Okay. Good lesson. Uh, let's go to Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. We couldn't come up with a player for the, the Seahawks. So we had to take a coach Pete Carroll, uh, I do think he gets in for the Super Bowl that he won. Uh, that, that, that can you call them a dynasty after only winning one Super Bowl? Is that fair? I don't. I don't know. If it's right. Probably but. not. Probably not. But I mean, dude, 2012, uh, they took Atlanta all the way to the bell, and that Atlanta team made the NFC Championship game was really good. Uh, 2013, they win the Super Bowl. They dominate. 2014, mm-hmm. they very easily could have won the Super Bowl. Uh, they played. You know, they played a dynasty and lost. Mm-hmm. 2015, they lost to Carolina barely, who made the Super Bowl. They had an incredible comeback in that game. I don't know if you remember that game. I do. Panthers were up yep. big, like four touchdowns, and Seattle came back. They, it hasn't been as good since then, but they've, you know, they've had some nice moments. They they almost got the one seed uh, a couple years back. Uh, that was 2019. Um you know, they 2018, they lost to Dallas in the playoffs. It's not like they've just been out of the playoffs since that time. No, 2021 was the first season that they've had a losing record since before Russell Wilson, right? They, they've won at least, yeah, they've won at least nine games in every season before that. So, yeah, I think Pete Carroll does get in. Okay, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this one's pretty easy. It's, it's Tom Brady, but... Uh, wow, this is shocker. Another, yeah, this is another team where... Honestly, we don't need to use Tom Brady because I think Gronk is also going to moonwalk into the Hall of Fame. In fact, Gronk is actually probably the better person to pick here because I think Gronk will be out of football before Brady will, Mm. which means Gronk will get into the Hall of Fame before Brady will. Uh, Mike Evans, and yes, I'm saying Gronk is a first ballot, no doubt. Yes. Over to Marcus Ware. Greatest Uh, tight end of all time. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans is putting up some Herculean numbers. You may not think of him as a Hall of Fame player because he's never really been the best receiver in the league, but he was just good out of the gate, mm-hmm. and he's been good ever since. What does he have, like eight straight 1,000-yard years to, yep. to start his career? Uh, Levante David is another guy that I think warrants discussion. Did he come in in 13? Yes. Yep. I think he's played nine years. Most of those, I think he had one bad year, but most of them have been at a very high level um, that would be another guy. I got a couple more. How about okay, not? A, oh, I guess he's not on the team right now, but Nadama can sue. Yes. Uh, I don't think he makes it, but I think he's been a very good player. This person I do think makes it. What about Bruce Arians? Ooh, that's a good question. Home slice cheese money. He's been, to, he's been to how many Super Bowls? One with the, the Steelers, right? Well, he was interim. Well, he was head coach of the year as an interim coach in 2012 when he took over for Chuck Pagano. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got Arizona to the NFC title game in his third year there. And believe me, Arizona was nowheresville when Bruce Arians mm-hmm. showed up in 2013. They were instantly competitive. They made the playoffs in 14, championship in 15. Uh, goes to Tampa Bay. Uh, they were competitive with Jameis Winston. I think they went eight and eight that year that Winston threw 30 picks. Marcus, yeah, if I'm I not mistaken. So. Yep. Not like they were bad, um, but uh, and then wins the Super Bowl with uh, Tom Brady. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. He, he was the Steelers' offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl in 2008. He was the when offensive. You hated coordinator. Ben Roethlisberger and what else? 
when he was the offensive coordinator in 2010, when the Steelers made it to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Packers. Great Super Bowl. Uh, was, so, yeah. Was he Cleveland's OC or QB coach when they made the O2 playoffs for the first time as the new Cleveland Browns? He was the offensive coordinator there. Yeah. I always love how he defends Tim Couch. I love that. I know he stands up for his guys. I appreciate that. I do. Uh, yeah. So he's a two-time coach of the year as well. So yeah. I think hey, he this podcast him. is dragging. Let's go. Come on. Uh, I mean, Washington. We, we got, we got a lot of teams to get through Washington. here. Uh, Washington commanders, um, Carson Wentz. I had to talk Marcus out of that one. He's a big, we went Jonathan fan. Allen because there's really not a lot else there. I think he's got the best resume. Um, but yeah, we, they need some other guys to step up this year for them. Good defensive tackle for several years now. Uh, we couldn't go with Chase Young. Chase Young's probably the best player on the team, we think. But Chase Young missed all of last year. He had a great rookie year. That's just not enough to go on. There's nobody else really uh, on that team that has any kind of pedigree. Probably the guy that had the best pedigree is in Jacksonville right now, Brandon Sheriff, I, w- I would say. I would agree. Yep. And um, – you know, you could make a case that Trey McLaurin's Washington's best player, but number one, he hasn't played very long, and there's going to be a total log jam of wide receivers yep. trying to get in the Hall of Fame, so that's not likely. Let's go to the AFC. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, a lot of different players players and coaches that we can consider here, but we're going with Justin Tucker. I think the greatest kicker in NFL history. His resume is absolutely ridiculous. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is going to be rare for a kicker. Yeah, there's you know a, a couple of ideas here. Uh, John Harbaugh would certainly be right up there with Justin Tucker as a, a candidate for the Hall of Fame. We talked about Justin Houston at the top of this podcast. His last action was with Baltimore. How many career sacks does Justin Houston have? I know he had 22 one year, or 20, was it 20 and a half with Kansas City in like 2011? Yeah. Uh, he's at 102 sacks. What did he have in 2011 with Kansas City? 22. 22, so I was right. Golly. It's a lot. Uh, it's just hard to, th- yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of sacks, man. Uh, anybody else on Baltimore that we're not thinking of? I, I mean, when you have an MVP at quarterback, you sure. obviously have to mention him. And Lamar sure. Jackson's stats and record are really good, but it's Justin Tucker. He, he's the one that gets in. Yep. Okay. Let's go to Buffalo Bills. Um, we, we could talk about Josh Allen, the quarterback. Um, but that would be one potential option. Is that where you would go? No, no, it's Von Miller. One of the best pass rushers for the last decade, maybe the best pass rusher, um, except for this year that he won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I think Von Miller is a, a shoe in to be the uh, 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 to go to the, the Hall of Fame, especially now that he's got two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, this is kind of like Tyron, Tyron Matthew, where look, it's a guy that just signed with a new team, and so. Uh, we we don't love doing that, but that's who he's playing for right now. That yep. said, would you give any thought to Micah Hyde? Not over Von Miller, no. Not over Von Miller. I just mean no. He's been Micah a very Hyde. very good safety, but I don't think he. I don't even think he's viewed as like a top two safety in the league right now. I think there's safeties like Micah Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, um, Marcus Williams that are all viewed as better than him. I don't necessarily agree, but yeah, I don't think he makes it. Hey, you know what? I bet you Micah Hyde ranks higher at safety than Matt Safford ranks at quarterback. We know it doesn't work that way, so who cares? Speaking of, we really had to go with low-hanging fruit here on Cincinnati. I'm just going to roll it out there. We went with Joey B. Um, it was just hard. I, you know, I was I was really proud 
of my podcast colleague here because I gave him a question that I thought for sure he was going to answer differently. I said, who do you think's really been the most accomplished player on the Bengals? And you said the right answer. Yeah. Was, Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. Yes. It, he's probably outside of, well, that's not true because Jamar Chase, I think might be the best receiver in the NFL, but Hendrickson's probably oh, the best gosh. player. Okay. Defense. Wait a minute. Hold on. I can't, I can't. I can't listen. You don't think he's the best receiver in the NFL or one of the best no. receivers? No, he is not the best receiver in the NFL. How can you say that with Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams in the league? Because I have eyeballs. I'm just saying it was really good last year. He just didn't get the targets at Cooper Rush. You know, you know what it's I fun. find inter- interesting? <clears throat> I'll go ahead and see your Jamar Chase. <laughs> this is what I find interesting. That people <laughs> say that a lot when they argue something, go, because I have eyeballs. And then when they're confronted with video of something that is so obvious, it's like, no, 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 that didn't happen. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right yeah, now. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Yes. Uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, it's pretty easy to me. I, he's going to have over 100 career sacks. One of the most dominating players in the NFL. Um, the only question is, does he get like multiple playoff wins? Can he have a big moment in the playoffs? We'll see. But I think Garrett gets in. Any love for Joe Batonio? He's had a really nice career. Uh, we went offensive line. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Really nobody else is there. No, probably not. All right. We'll go to the Broncos. Miles Garrett. That, you know, that's always the, the weird one with some of these teams is like there's one guy and you really can't argue that one guy. And we really, we really tried. We did on the phone. You know, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. are you going to go? Where, where are you I, I go thought another, about another one for the Browns, but I don't know if he ever gets in because of some off the field stuff. But so the Broncos, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's got to be Russell here. Uh, any argument on that? No, no. He's, he's a shoe in to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, no, it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah, this was an easy one. Another another guy, obviously, that switched teams. Now, I again, I like Matt Stafford, but to me, Russell Wilson is clearly above oh, yeah. Matt With, Stafford, without uh, a because, doubt. Yeah, yeah. and so um, I, I think this one's, and also the Broncos. You know, they, they've well, Von Miller. They they had a little bit of a fire sale last year, I guess you could say, a mini one. And uh, you know, it stinks kind of picking him for Buffalo instead of the Broncos, yeah. but that's what this exercise is. That's what made it challenging. Uh Houston Texans, speaking of challenging, where are you gonna go with the Houston Texans? It, it, it's gotta be Brandon Cooks, but he's basically Joey Galloway 2.0 from this decade, right? He's somebody who has been on a few different teams, posts a thousand yards every single season, but never gets a Pro Bowl nomination. He's always like the 18th best receiver in the NFL. Um, he I, he won't get in, but he's the only guy on this team that's pretty deprived of talent. Yeah, Brandon Cooks has had such an unusual uh, career. There's no question about that. I, I'm looking at his numbers right now. I mean, the guy has six 1,000-yard years. Mm-hmm. Um, the only years that he didn't, he had 550 as a rookie with the Saints. He only started seven games. He mm-hmm. played in 10 games. That's a that's pretty much a thousand yard year right there, uh, or very close to it. And then he didn't have a very good year with the Rams in 2019. The Rams kind of fell back to the pack a little bit after making the Super Bowl. They missed the playoffs. Didn't the Rams miss the playoffs in 19? Pretty sure. Yes. They did. Yep. 
Other than that, he's been outstanding. I mean, I'm looking right here. He had one, two, three, four catches, 80 catch seasons. Uh, he's got 46 career touchdowns. I mean, you know, if he keeps it up, he, he's a 21 year old rookie, Marcus. He's only going to be 29 this year. Um, what do you do with a guy like that if he ends up having like, you know, nine 1,000 yard years? Yeah, that's t- I, I He won't get in because there's so many other receivers. You mentioned the log jam that's going to happen. And you need to have a couple of big moments in playoff games and stuff. And he just never really has had it yet, but it's okay. You know, I would argue, here's the argument that I would make for him just real quick. If you can have this kind of production with the saints, the Patriots, the Rams and the Texans, he had thousand yard seasons, Marcus, with each one of those teams. Oh, I know. Yep. Now somebody will say, yeah, but the saints was with, uh, Drew Brees, okay, and the Rams was with well, it's with Jared Goff, okay. How about the the uh, uh, of course the Patriots was Tom Brady. How about the Texans the last couple of years? Yeah, were they trotting out their quarterback uh, this past year, and he still had a great year. I think that's a great argument in his favor. We're spending too long on the Texans, but I I just like this one. I like Brandon Cooks. Uh, yeah, that's I like fun. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, they were pretty easy. It's Quentin Nelson maybe the best guard in football right now already has about three all pro selections. One other name that we didn't talk about that we should at least mention T Y Hilton has 10,000 career receiving yards. That's incredible. I would have, I would not have guessed that. Would you have, if, if you just didn't look at it, would you have guessed? No, that's a lot. He's missed some time over the last three or four years. That's but why. Yeah. He's not going to get in, um, especially considering he's not on a team right now, but um, he should at least be mentioned. Yeah, you know, I, when I said that's why, I, I meant that's why I didn't even think about him having that many yards because I know how much time he's missed. A couple other guys to discuss uh, with the Colts, Matt Ryan, obviously. I think Matt Ryan, I don't know that Matt Ryan's had a better career than Matt Stafford. I wouldn't go that far. But peak Matt Ryan, I think, was a little better than peak Matt Stafford. Do sure. you have a problem with that? Nope, don't. Uh, Darius Leonard is somebody that needs to at least be discussed uh so far i mean he's had four great year or four good years in the nfl um just like quentin nelson but quentin nelson's been a little better stefan uh, gilmore stefan gilmore yeah any love wish we could have used gilmore for the panthers yeah any love at all for frank reich no i think he's been a little overrated so far okay. in his career he needs to, okay. he needs to have his colts team win some playoff games wonder if jim ursay would somehow make the hall of fame be interesting for his music right. or is being an owner <laughs> hey hey uh jacksonville jaguars you want to talk about difficult uh yeah it's doug peterson because there's literally nobody else that we could pick yeah. so doug peterson super bowl winning head coach really good offensive coordinator with the chiefs he's the only one this is the this is the way this discussion went marcus tried to say josh allen their pass rusher weekly and and then he goes, Doug Peterson. And then I said, is there any chance that Tom Coughlin is still working as a consultant in that front office? <laughs> it's rough. It's, it's rough. rough. It's rough. All right. Moving along. <laughs> let's, uh, Chiefs. Let's get out of this group. Chiefs Kansas probably City. have, yeah, they probably have the most future Hall of Famers other yeah. than the Rams. When you talk about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, even some of the guys on defense. But we went with Andy Reid. One of the winningest head coaches in NFL history. He has a Super Bowl ring. He's been to a million championship games. He gets in as soon as he retires. 
Yeah, this one was a little bit hard to just go because I kind of wanted to save the coaches for when we didn't have anybody. We had to do that with Seattle, but uh, I, I agree with you here. Um, I think the Chiefs' strongest candidate right now on the field would have to be Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, I think if Travis Kelsey retired today, he makes a Hall of Fame. I don't think he'd be a first ballot guy, um, but it, it, this, he's played nine years. I think he came in in 13. He's had at least four, if not five straight 1,000-yard years mm -hmm. uh, at tight end. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure some of you guys are going like, you know, you're in your car and you're yelling Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes has only been in the league five years. I, I just don't know if that's enough. Chris Jones, though, um, I think has put a lot of it on tape. You know, he to me, he's kind of a Fletcher Cox guy, Marcus. I think he's going to merit uh, a lot of discussion uh, I agree. In, in terms of Hall of Fame. I agree. That, that's uh, what I got. What about, hey, I got one Raiders. more. I got one more. Go ahead. What about Harrison Butker? No. Uh, Raiders. Uh, this one was a little bit more difficult because we have Devontae Adams. Derek yeah. Carr probably not getting in, but it's your guy, Chandler Jones. 107 and a half sacks right now. He just turned 32 years old. Like he could easily have three, four more double digit sack seasons, especially now that he's playing across from Max Crosby. He's going to get in, especially when you consider four time Pro Bowler, two time All Pro, Super Bowl champion, and he made the All Decade team. Yeah, he's been good with multiple teams um, I, all decade. I agree with all of that. Um, I voted for him for all decade. I, I would. Um, I would just say with Devonte, the same thing I said when we were. I was trying to avoid the old Aaron Rodgers discussion. Do you hold that against a Devonte Adams that he played no, with Aaron Rodgers? Not at all. Okay, it's just a question. No, you know, I, don't. I got one more for you. Hold on, one more for you. Josh McDaniels. This is a tough, tough question. I'm not some huge Josh McDaniels honk, believe me, but I do think that guys that are, that have been. Uh, extremely important coordinators should get a look at the Hall of Fame. If Cordero Patterson and Devin Hester and Justin Tucker deserve a uh, Hall of Fame candidacy, although I think Tucker is clearly the, the, the leader there, um, doesn't a guy that's been a great coordinator in the NFL? Probably not, unless he wins the Super Bowl with the Raiders. Way, way to really think about it. Like, I thought I was going to get a thoughtful answer. You know, I got, yeah, if he wins the Super I'm Bowl. I'm just telling you, these these uh, Hall of Fame voters are really uh, set in their ways when it comes to voting. So we could be on a sports radio show in like some basement in North Dakota right now. And if you ask, do you think this guy makes a Hall of Fame? Well, if he gets a Super Bowl. I mean, that's just the truth. It's it, less Josh McDaniels proves to be a good head coach for the Raiders. He's not getting in. Uh, My phone's ringing right now. I almost want to answer it instead of talking to you after uh, that. Uh, speaking the of the Raiders, Chargers. yeah, yeah, oh, a, yeah, it's a former Raider for the Chargers. It's Khalil Mack. I think he's yeah. he's got a fantastic resume already. It's this is a pretty young team as well. I think Joey Bosa obviously has a case. Keenan Allen probably not so much, uh, but Khalil Mack's been the best player on that team. I think Dean Spanos has really solidified <laughs> his case. <laughs> AJ Smith. <laughs> okay, Miami Dolphins. Uh, here we go. Uh, yeah. Miami Dolphins. We mentioned Teron Armstead already. A really good career with the New Orleans Saints. He signed with uh, Miami. Who else? I mean, it's the guy that's made a Pro Bowl every year that he's been in the NFL. It's Tyreek Hill. Uh, already uh, 7,000 yards from scrimmage, over 7,000 yards from scrimmage. Uh, he made it as a returner. I, I think one of the top 
three or four receivers in the NFL over the last five, six, seven years, he gets in. Uh, New England Patriots, this is not as easy as you would think until you go to the sideline. And then you're like, oh, I mean, it's Bill yeah, Belichick. I, yeah. Are there I, any players? Obviously, we're not going to put anyone over Bill Belichick. This one's super easy, but... I, is there any player that you would throw out here? Yeah, I think we need to at least mention Devin McCourty, considering how long he's played and his impact for that team. Now, he doesn't have the Super Bowls, or sorry, he doesn't have the Pro Bowls or the All Pros that people like to see when they're voting for this stuff. But you're talking about somebody who's going to start 200 games for the Patriots and be on multiple Super Bowl winning teams. At least seems to be mentioned. What do you think about Dante Hightower? I know he didn't have a good year yeah. last year, but you know he's played a long time in the league. Uh, really, really solid NFL player, defensive leader on that team. Um, One of my favorite players to watch when he's healthy and he's right. I I kind of think he should have got the MVP and the, the Falcons Super Bowl because he made a bunch of huge plays in that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's just been too many seasons where he's been a little bit banged up or the stats aren't quite there. Um, but I, I, I really love Dante Hightower. What about James White as MVP? No. Uh, he oh. needs to get another Super Bowl in order to get uh, consideration. <laughs> New, York, New York Jets. Whoever gets the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, so New, this is one of our more controversial ones. So we were having a real hard time. Marcus threw out C.J. Mosley, who C.J. Mosley has them. Pro Bowls. But what's that? Who's been awful for them. He's been a good player, just not for them. Yeah, C.J. Mosley is like that guy that got great grades, and then he went to like a, a different school, and yeah, just everything <laughs> fell apart. Uh, so Marcus brought up Joe Flacco, and I, because Marcus thinks winning a Super Bowl means that you get into the Hall of Fame. No, no, I don't think that your colleagues do. Well, they're not my colleagues because I don't work there. So I, I don't former colleagues. There, so. so um you know, Joe Flacco had probably the third best pro postseason run ever. We talked about this one of our last podcasts at Larry Fitzgerald 08. is probably the best postseason we've ever seen. I would say John Riggins 82. I kind of detailed that one in our uh, Strangest Career podcast. After that, I'd say Flacco 2012 is the third best postseason I've ever seen from a player. But is that enough to get in the Hall of Fame? That you, I mean, because then if Joe Flacco can, then Eli Manning certainly gets in. Oh, I know. And they all will. And I'm going to protest because it's ridiculous that either of those guys get in, but they will. If you had to, if you had to choose between Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Joe Flacco, and Eli Manning, who gets the Hall of Fame? I would pick Stafford. You'd pick Stafford. Now, what if I put him up against Phillip Rivers? I'd take Rivers. I'd yeah, take Rivers. Yeah. That's a bridge too far, man. It's got to be Rivers. No. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Are a little bit easier than the Jets. By the way, we decided on Joe Flacco, didn't we? No, no, we picked Lake and Tomlinson, which we didn't talk oh, about at all. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And you know why I don't remember that? Because I kept pushing it, and we didn't want to go with an offensive lineman that just signed there. Yeah. And we spent so much time discussing Joe Flacco that I thought we went with Joe Flacco. Uh, Tomlinson's been a really solid player for the 49ers. I said on a couple of previous podcasts, I thought this is one of the more um, – just one of those kind of signings that win games for you that you don't hear a lot uh, about in the news, but that doesn't mean this guy's a Hall of Fame player. He's been a solid mm -hmm. player. I did he make one Pro Bowl? I think I think he did. I think I think it's one. Yeah, 
Um, but uh, really good player. It's just we we really didn't know where to go on the Jets. Being honest, we warned y'all. There are a few of these teams where we it's just rough. didn't have a, a, what's that? It's rough. Uh, it's rough. Yeah. The uh, Steelers, Steelers is easy. not one of them. Yeah. No, they've got a couple guys to consider between uh, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, even Minka Fitzpatrick has a pretty decent case, but it's Mike Tomlin and he gets in right now if he retires. Yeah, we we discussed a few guys. You even brought up Kevin Colbert uh, mm-hmm. with with Pittsburgh. But um, <clears throat> I I think Cam Hayward uh, will will merit discussion. I don't know that he gets in. Uh, you know, Stephon Tuitt was a really good player for them. Um, but but I know somebody out there is saying it's got to be T.J. Watt. I just does he have enough? If he right retired now? right now, probably not. No, no, I don't think so either. And I think Mike Tomlin absolutely does. Uh, that's the right answer here. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, I mean David DeCastro. I know he's not on the team right now because they released him. But you know, um, good career, good career. Not not good enough to make the Hall of Fame. No, no way, no way. Okay, uh, Tennessee Titans. Um, we obviously went straight to Derrick Henry. I tried to talk you out of Anthony Fursker here, but you wouldn't let me. Um, so we had to go with Derrick Henry. What about Julio Jones? It's a good one, actually. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because Julio Jones... I don't don't really consider Julio part of the Titans, and I don't think the Titans did either with how quickly they released him. But Well, if we go by the little rules that we set out at the beginning of the podcast, Julio Jones is not signed Uh, with anybody. That's true. And Julio Jones, I can tell you right now, is making the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't think... Who had a better Titans career, Julio Jones or Randy Moss? Julio Jones. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Julio only had 400 yards this year. <laughs> uh, I got to look and see what Randy Moss did. It's got to be close, right? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. Randy Moss had 80 yards. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Marcus and I were wondering who would do better in 2000 on NFL trivia. That was like our first question. Who had a better Titans career, Leo Jones or Randy Moss? <laughs> uh, so Derrick Henry, one thing real quick. You know, if he would have run for 2,000 yards this year, let's say he didn't get 2,000. Let's say he only got, I say only, he was at least going to get 1,600, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, he was on. He was averaging 137 yards from, per, from scrimmage per game in the first right. eight games of the season. Let's say he slowed down a little bit and the Titans, uh, you know, didn't use him the last couple of weeks because they had clinched that kind of thing and get 1,600 rushing yards. If Derrick Henry would have had 1,600 rushing yards to go along with his other years, do you think that'd be enough to make the Hall of Fame, even though the career numbers wouldn't be there? <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, we also know that throughout Derrick Henry's career, he's been somebody that typically starts slow and finishes the year really strong. So I can't imagine what numbers he would have put up if he could have stayed healthy for 15, 16 games last year. Okay. So what if he had 2000 back to back, but then retired? How do you keep that guy out of the hall of fame? You can't. No, I, I don't think you can. Cause that would mean that 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 basically mean that he'd average over 115 rushing yards per game for three straight seasons. It's yeah, pretty incredible. You, yeah, you, you can't do that. The, um, man, it's hard. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, that one was easy enough, even though really the answer is Julio Jones. Uh, <laughs> we did discuss Mike Vrabel. We sure. did um, Mike Vrabel, but 
One of the things the Hall of Fame does not consider is overall contribution. They have a contributor category, but you are not allowed to just put a former player in with his coaches, coaching and, and front office credentials all together. That's why Dan Reeves is not in the Hall of Fame mm -hmm. right now, which is a real shame. Um, so Mike Rabel, heck of a career overall in the NFL, but that's not the way they do the voting. Um, he's going to have to do a little more on the coaching front, although he's off to a great start, man. And he's still mm -hmm. a young guy. I mean, he's, you know, Mike Rabel could coach for, you know, 20 more years if he wanted to. So um, anyway, I know you're a big fan. So what do you think of our list? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I mean, we, I did it. So I, I, nothing. I was just, we, I did this list. So I, obviously, I think I like it quite a bit. You did this list. You did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah, it, it, is, it really is all about you sometimes. <laughs> you know, I would like to remind you of something. May I? Sure. I usually, well, I'm going to give you the last word. I will. Okay, I, will give you the, I will give you the last word and I will not fault you for the fact that you forgot about Julio Jones, who you always told me is so amazing. Um, Julio Jones, maybe slightly overrated, just a little bit, oh. just a smidge. I think he was a great, great player, but sometimes he was treated like he was darn near the best player in the NFL. And I don't know. Um, I'd like to see his turf grass numbers. It'd be interesting to see, but he was really awesome. He had some years that were phenomenal, phenomenal. Okay. 35 years ago this week, did you know that Predator came out in the theater? No, I didn't. Did you see Predator? Yes. Yes. When you think of Predator, do you think action movie or sci-fi? Sci-fi. Yeah, I do too. It's sci-fi. Yeah. You know what I loved about Predator? So straightforward. No BS, you know, just just got it done. Just got it done. Do it. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So it's a great way to end the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I want you to have the last word. Uh yeah, really quickly. So I've been re-watching the 1996 Dallas Cowboys season in order for which it happened. It's all they're all the games are on YouTube, so it's really fun. Um, partly I wanted to do it for for myself just because Dion started the year as one of their starting receivers because Michael Irvin was suspended. Uh, the Cowboys also had a very interesting offense in week one. They had Emmett Smith, Herschel Walker, and Daryl Johnson, three running backs all starting the game and playing together, which was kind of wonky. But uh, hot take, Elliot. Watched week two game against the Giants today. Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman, not that bad. Pretty decent little quarterback that the Cowboys had there. So did you... <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch this? Because I was telling you the other day that that Dion had to start at wide receiver week one, and that got you all excited. Yeah, well, I went to go. What I did is I went to my uh, handy dandy Pro Football Reference, and I sorted by targets in games where Dion got the most targets. In 1996, week one against the Bears, he got 15 targets. So I went and watched them all. Yeah, 96 Cowboys was kind of the beginning of the end, even though they made the playoffs in 98, 99. They they started really rough. Uh, they had no Michael Irvin was suspended and at wide receiver, they were thin. They played Kelvin Martin. Um, they kind of limped to the playoffs. They, the last game of the year, well, don't ruin it for me. I'm not done yet. Oh, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Yeah. They, they, the last week of the season, they just mailed it in against Washington. I think they went 10 and six. They played Minnesota in the wild card and beat them. George Teague one made, made one of the greatest plays I've ever seen a safety make in that game on amply. Uh, but then the next week they play Carolina, Michael Irvin hurts his shoulder. I think on the first offensive play of the game for Dallas, a, uh, a, uh, skinny post 
And uh, man, at the end of that game, Dion was playing both sides of the ball every play. And it was just him and Kelvin Martin because they had no uh, Kevin Williams that game mm-hmm. either. And they weren't able to get their fourth Super Bowl. And then 97, they went six and 10. Barry Switzer gets fired. Chan Gailey gets hired. And there you go. Dion played 111 snaps in week one against the Bears on offense, defense, and special teams. You're never going to see anything like that ever again. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. That's very, uh, that's Roy Green-esque. And I'm a big <laughs> fan of Roy Green. Look him up. Um, yeah, there you go. Do so, a podcast right. about him. I should do a podcast about him. Uh, I actually recorded one and never sent it out to anybody. I just did it for my, I did it for Marcus. Uh, okay. So speaking of Marcus, he is the host of Locked On Cowboys, where he watches old cowboy stuff and then never talks about it on his podcast because he'd rather talk about who the center on the practice squad is going to be. Uh, so Alex be sure to that. What's that? Alex Lindstrom. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> He's also covers the Raiders for USA Today. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. Love you guys. We will talk to you all later this week. Take care.